Hi everyone, I'm Cullen Haynes and this is Law Live. Get ready for some Taekwondo action because my next guest is going to knock you out with how much value he's going to deliver. 10 years in law and a competed at an elite level and an Olympic level in the 2016 Olympic Games where he took out seventh place in Taekwondo. Can you please make very welcome Mr. Hayda Shakara, founder of Justice Family Lawyers, one of Australia's leading and fastest growing family law firms. Here he is, Mr. Hayda Shakara. How are yeah. you, one of me? I'm great. I feel like I should come out, you know, that with that entrance, I feel like I'm just walking out into a bout and I should be coming out. There should be music blaring in the background. Super excited to be here. Thanks for having me, Cullen. This is awesome. It's an honor, mon ami. What is it? Undisputed heavyweight champion or featherweight champion? And still <laughs> undisputed. <laughs> uh, the, the Count of Monte Fisto. There we go. That's it. But, <laughs> but nonetheless, mate, you're always looking so well, so I'd love to know what is happening in your circle of influence. Well, I'll tell you what. This year, I've, said, I've made a commitment to myself. I'm tired of going to the gym. I've started Muay Thai kickboxing with my beautiful wife. She's been training for one year now, and she has convinced me, considering that the training place is only down the road from my law firm, um, to join up. So I've done that. I'm still battling a few injuries from the last two sessions that I've had. Um, <laughs> and I am really enjoying tackling something different. Um, and it's exciting to be learning new skill set. Um, it, you know, it, it's an experience that I haven't gone through for a while. So, um, of course, I can adapt and shift a lot of the stuff that I've learned throughout my training into this. But, um, you know, I'm excited to learn new techniques, different skills, um, and, and apply it and see what can come out of it. So... Um, that as well as I want to start some Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu as well. Um, and funnily enough, there are, from my understanding, a lot of lawyers that are compete, not, not competing but training and practicing in the area because um, it's extremely um, stimulating mentally. Um, you're always kind of it, – it's like a more physical version, let's say, of chess. Um, and whilst I also love the game of chess – People want to also get a, a bit of a workout, a bit of a sweat in. And so um, you find that in these BJJ classes, it's polluted with lawyers. You know, it's nonstop. So, you know, you might just come across <laughs> one of your opponents <laughs> and you're going to just bring them into a lock and bang. Fantastic. I'm sure they'd be um, playing no dirty tactics if it's um, all lawyers. Everyone's very respectable. Oh, um, very no respectful. low blows. Very, very clean, very clean. <laughs> You know, outstanding top citizens that we have in in the legal profession. So I'll never speak poorly or demean anyone in uh, in the profession. That applies in the court and also in the ring. Absolutely, mon ami. And I will re rem remind everyone: this is a live. We are live on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn. Uh, as I said to Hater before, it looks like Tucker Carlson's Fox News with all this thing going on. <laughs> but um, it's twelve thirty-four. Get your burning questions into this man right now, once in a lifetime. Ask him whatever you want. I will keep an eye on the questions, and we will put those questions to him during the the stream. If it is a family law matter, a little bit more personal, I'm sure Hater would welcome a cheeky dm and he can talk about your matter offline yeah, definitely definitely more than happy to have a chat with anyone on the on the uh, law live broadcast cullen <laughs> absolutely now you talked about it with um your muay thai which you started in bjj but what does it take what's the mindset like what do you need to do to become 
an Olympic athlete like you are? Uh, I've got two words for you, Cullen, and um, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with these, tunnel vision. And um, that's what it requires. You need absolute tunnel vision. Uh, you need to be completely focused whenever you're trying to achieve anything at such a high level. I love it, tunnel vision. And um, really that's what it takes. So, um, you know, I had a shot at getting to the 2012 Olympics, um, you know, in, in 2012. Uh, but, you know, it, I, 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 fell, I fell short after, you know, working for a long period of time, you know, um, you know by, that, by that time I was, you know, and whilst, you know, the ability to, to get to that level, um, it might be something that a lot of people will be able to reach. It's just sometimes those final moments or those closing moments um, that really define your career, your history, your legacy. Um, and so in 2012, I fell short just by a few whiskers. And, um, and what I did as a result of that was um, put on my blinkers and focused straight ahead. And so all other distractions, all other things that were not going to help me achieve my goal were exterminated and eliminated from my life. And I completely focused for the next four years on what I could achieve at the Olympic Games in 2016. I qualified and I managed to compete at the highest level. And for that, I'm forever grateful because I know that I had done absolutely everything I can, left everything on the table, and I managed to finish my career in sport uh, on a high, knowing that you know I was able to physically and mentally bring out every single aspect that I could possibly get, You know, just wring it out dry. You know, There was nothing left in the sweat rag. And I was just constantly working to get to that point. And for me, I knew that was my ultimate goal. Am I extracting every single piece that I can get from myself? And if I do, then I can sleep at night, you know. Um, so I was put, in the, put myself in the position where if I can get to that level, I will be satisfied. I will be happy with any performance, any outcome. And that was my ultimate goal. So um, in order to do that, you know, on a daily basis, on an hourly basis, on a on a on a on a minute to minute basis, you're constantly thinking, "What can I do to improve my performance? What is going to inhibit me? What is going to excel me? What is going to advance me to get closer to my goal?" Um, and it comes down to the minutia, and it comes down to that that real obsession of getting to that ultimate peak performance. And you know, it can be things uh, like simple things like, "What am I going to eat this morning? Um, you know, what kind of calories am I going to take? How am I going to feel afterwards?" Okay, how many how many minutes did I sleep last night? Uh, did I wake up in the middle of the night? Why did I wake up in the middle of the night? Um, you know, what am I going to do? Am I going to walk to, you know, the shops today? No, my legs are going to be a bit tired for the session. When should I start stretching? You know, you're talking about every single detail, planning and mapping it out to ensure that, you know, your body is in peak physical condition and you're mentally in, in at your utmost peak prior to any large events. Um, so... You know, it's it's really fascinating that you know you, you're culminating all of your your day to day movements uh, to to get to this one single moment. You know, this one defining moment, which is you know your competition day or your competition fight, even. Um, and so when you're when you're trying to get to that moment and you're at your absolute peak, you know, absolute peak. You know, you you look at yourself in the mirror and you're just like, wow, I'm, you know. I'm shredded. I'm I'm ready to go. I can see myself. I, I I got mentally. I'm there. Physically, I'm there. And you're you're putting everything on the line just for that one moment. 
not dissimilar to a court case, not dissimilar to, to, to being in front of a judge and preparing your court case for the judge. Um, so, you know, all of those elements are still in play. And when you get there and when you finish that and you, and you uh, are able to achieve the outcome that you want, um, there's no better feeling in the world. So, um, you know, that's really what it takes in order to, to perform and to compete at that level. Um, anything shy of that, you're, you're not doing yourself justice. Great segue into Justice Family Lawyers as well, which we'll touch on in a moment, mon ami. But, like, Rocky couldn't have even said it better itself. I, what I was endeared by what you said is tunnel vision, total focus, leave nothing in the tank. So I guess there's no regret because the pain of yeah. discipline weighs less than the pain of regret. Um, and just going all in and just having that drive and focus, I think that's so fantastic. And um, it, baptism under fire, really, because when you're under the thick of it, in like, in the heat of the moment, I bet it, it did hurt in two, 2012 when you just made it that short, but putting all those things aside and getting into the Rio Olympic Games in 2016, I bet you could look back and go, you know, I, I, I'm proud at what I've achieved. Oh, absolutely, definitely. You know, you know, it, it did hurt and it was a tough time, um, but through the tough times we grow, grow stronger and, and get better. So um, I don't regret any of it and it's definitely shaped, you know, the person and, and the lawyer that I am today. No, for sure. What was it like competing at that Olympic level? Because not many of us, like, point, you're one of the 0.0001% who get to do it. What is that feeling walking out into that stadium on opening night and seeing all the raving fans? What is that feeling? Uh, you know, walking out into an, in an Olympic stadium is something that you cannot put into words. You know, just the, the buzz, the excitement, it's it, it's something that, you know, if, if I think back to it, I can feel the electricity in my body um, as a result as to, you know, the feeling of, of being just surrounded by people screaming, going crazy, you know, and, and you know, all of a sudden it's, it's just real. Oh, wow, everything that I've worked towards, you know, those 5.30 in the morning wake-ups and those hill sprints and the, and the stair sprints and the, the, the beatings that I've copped and, you know, all of the training camps. Not from any family members, self-beatings. Uh, yeah, no, no, beatings from <laughs> opponents and training partners. So, no family members, thankfully, but, um, you know, all of, the, all of that, and it's just like, wow, it's, it's all of the, those, you know, tough moments that really has come together to define you. Um, it really comes together, and it's this piece of fruit that you're able to reap the rewards from at the end. And that's what it's like to walk into an Olympic stadium. It's just absolutely electric. And would, did you have you taken that Olympic feeling, like a peak state you go back to day in and day out, like just remembering that feeling and does that spur uh, you on? It, it, it never leaves. It never leaves. You're always that, that, that component that I was explaining to you before on a daily basis, trying to figure out um, how to improve what, what, what we can do to get better. That is something that never leaves. You know, it's something that's always, it's now ingrained in me. And so it's, it's what drives me on a day-to-day -day basis, how to improve, how to better service our clients, how to get the best results that we can um, in court, out of court. How can we always be pushing forward to grow and improve the team? So, you know, collectively, that's something that I look forward to doing every day. And it's something that I cannot stop thinking about because, um, you know, even on holidays, even on break, you know, I had a two-minute, two-minute, two-week um, shutdown. Felt like two minutes. Two-week shutdown period um, just over the Christmas and New Year's. 
but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm constantly thinking about ways to improve. So I'm not satisfied with um, providing the service to clients. Not, I don't think that's good enough. Um, it needs to be something that we can constantly improve on. How can we improve our service? How can we lower fees for our clients? How can we get better outcomes for our clients? Um, and, you know, I'm constantly looking at new ways of doing things. So, um, you know, it's something that's forever ingrained in me and, and, and it will stay with me. No, it's, it, I'm indeed by everything you're saying. And we'll, we'll, it's, it's a nice segue into uh, Justice Family Lawyers. And you recently acquired um, Melbourne Family Lawyers as well. So, it, and I know there's more on the horizon. So, did that mindset everything we were talking about spur you on to start Justice Family Lawyers? And what did you have to eliminate? Talking about elimination, what did you have to rid from your life to actually go all in on Justice Family Lawyers? Yeah, definitely. So, you know, that, that, that's exactly what I'm talking about. When you're, when you're building a firm, um, you cannot have any distractions around you. And that's exactly what I, what I did, you know. Um, the first few years were extremely difficult where you're, you're, you're building a reputation and you're building um, something out of nothing. Um, and, you know, that there's not many things more difficult than that. Um, and so, you know, that's the absolute focus that I took to it. Um, and so now we're here and we're at a good stage. You know, we've got 11 full-time practitioners, lawyers wow. um, that just focus on family law. Um, so, you know, these guys day in, day out, um, we're all working together collectively as a unit and individually servicing each client. Um, and every client has got the benefit of that web of experience from the team and um, that, that, that ability to share knowledge with one another, which is something I'm, I'm very passionate about and very, you know, interested in always developing. So, you know, I'm always pushing new um, technologies for our solicitors to be using. I'm always uh, pushing for different educational events, um, different uh, personal growth things that um, solicitors can be implementing. Um, and we're always ensuring that there is an interchange of information um, as to what's going on, different experiences that you might have. Because as you know, Cullen, um, the law is always progressing, practice is always progressing, different procedures are always being implemented. Um, so um, you need to stay on top of it. And so, you know, if you're not in court for two or three months, things can change quite quite quickly, you know. Just as an example, um, you know, obviously a lot of change happened over the last two years with COVID, but, uh, you know, a, a small example would be uh, recently there was a, a, a change in terms of how documents can be signed or witnessed. Um, you know, there was, there was a, a change put in place for COVID and then it was kind of retracted a little bit because the COVID provisions are now over. So uh, people need to be across that and need to be aware as to what's going on there. So distributing that information across, um, you know, a good-sized team and everyone having that experience um, and being on different levels, you know, some, some would have more experience, for example, in high net worth kind of uh, cases, some in more international type of matters, some in more uh, uh, court issues, out of court issues. So you've got a whole range of different experience uh, that the solicitors have been through. Um, so just being able to share that um, across a team of 11, I think, is invaluable because, um, you know, the reality is most most family law firms, they're fairly small. Um, it might be a one yes. or two or three person shop. Um, and to grow past that is quite difficult. Um, so the fact that we, we do have this collective team now, um, it really is starting to feel like um, a, a cycle that we can push forward and onward and, and it's just going to get bigger and better. 
No, and I commend you on the growth. It's it's fantastic. 11 staff um, and obviously with the addition of Melbourne Family Lawyers, it's absolutely incredible. And what I love what you're talking about there, Hayder, it's that um, constant and never-ending improvement, that process of Kaizen that Edwards Deming yes. founded, fa- founded after World War II and Japan was ravaged. Um, and the quality coming out of that country was awful in terms of the products. But he, he introduced that constant little tweaks, little tweaks. What can we do to make this better? And now... Japan is probably one of the leaders in technology um, over the rest of the world. And it's that very mindset that they use of constant and never-ending improvement, which is a testament to that and what you've gone through as well. Um, Talking about family law, because those tuning in um, who may not have had to use the family law system, um, it is absolutely incredible what you do for people. And Family law in itself is something very different to commercial law, the suit stuff that you see on TV. Family law is raw, real, and you see some pretty awful things and you have to deal with some pretty harrowing situations. How do you deal with your mindset and your team deal with that? Because it takes a certain type of person, I found in my interactions, to be a family lawyer. Absolutely. Um, Look, it it is something that um, everyone is also constantly learning from because, um, it, it is. It, it can be fairly harrowing, and the stuff that you're seeing and the people that you're dealing with, um, quite often, you know, there, there's uh, a lot of difficult issues that come on our plates. You know, um, the statistics are that most matters, most separations that occur in Australia, they actually don't see a lawyer. You know, mm. they don't get close to a lawyer. They don't pay lawyers to do. You know, a lot of things. Um, and that's fine. That's great. You know, it's it's good that the, the majority of people are able to handle their own issues. But yes. for those that can't, um, they need to see lawyers. They need assistance, um, whether it be for the parenting or for the property side of things. And and quite often in those situations, there are issues. Okay, whether it might be domestic violence, it be some form of abuse, could be drugs, could be alcohol. Um, you know, there's a whole range of different things that it could be. Um, coercive control, you know, that's something that's come come to light fairly, fairly recently in terms of um, the new laws that have been passed in New South Wales in relation to that. So there's a huge movement um, to identify and cast a spotlight on these things. And even the family court themselves have introduced a range of programs to ensure that these people aren't slipping through the cracks and that they're identifying and um, really pushing forward these matters as urgent. So yes. there's a huge movement from the family court, which I would highly commend, um, have been doing a fantastic job, especially in the last two years. Um, and as lawyers ourselves, we are dealing with these people constantly, okay? And, yes, it does take a certain mindset to be able to um, listen and understand and see where these people are coming from and counteract or act on their behalf um, because, you know, you're not just talking about people that are victims here, you're you're talking about maybe alleged perpetrators as well and also dealing with these people as well and seeing, you know, what we can do to, um, you know, put them on on a better path potentially, you know. Um, So, yes, we're dealing with these people all the time. Um, It does take a strong mindset in order to uh, ensure that, you know, your your primary duty is to the court, to the children that are involved um, and putting them first as opposed to just just ignorantly listening to your client's needs, um, which, you know, if, if that's the case, that's great. But, you know, sometimes we have to say no to certain clients because, you know, we're not just a mouthpiece for our clients. Our ultimate duty is to represent, uh, you know, to represent the best interest of the children and the court as well. 
So, you know, we're not just a blind mouthpiece. And if people are looking for that, we'll tell them, you know, that's not us. You know, we're, we're not for you. There's plenty, there's plenty of lawyers out there that might be able to assist. Uh, but, you know, we also choose and identify the clients that we want to work with. Um, you know, you've got to, you've got to realise um, clients in their family law matters on average, you know, and I've, I've done this um, based on, 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 on our own matters within our firm, you're probably talking, you have a relationship with your family lawyer for about nine months, okay? Yes. And nine months is a considerable amount of time, you know, it's pretty much a whole year, right, you know, after you take out your holidays and et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, you're spending a whole year with someone. Um, we want to make sure that the person that we're spending time with as well is um, someone that we're able to handle. So, you know, when we first discuss and meet with clients, they're assessing us, we're also assessing them. So it's a two-way street here because, um, you know, the, the, the mental health impact on lawyers or on, on my team, I take very seriously. And if, if it's a case that, you know, um, a client, you know, maybe can come across as a bit threatening or yes. um, intimidating or anything like that, then I won't hesitate to say, look, we can't work with these types of people or it's not good for our team to be um, working with these people because, you know, at the end of the day, I, I'm the principal, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the lead practitioner here. Um, if anyone is getting super stressed out or um, feels intimidated or uncomfortable to come to work, that falls on my head and I take that responsibility very seriously. So everybody should feel safe when they're coming to work. Everyone should feel happy. Um, and, yes, sometimes you do get into the serious stuff, but, um, you know, if, if we're working with good people constantly. No, oh, fantastic. And and I, I really resonated with what you're saying. And Joanne Canelo says, always a pleasure to listen to haters' authentic and innovative views. Thank you for tuning in there, Joanne. I would recommend we've got about 20 minutes left. It's 12.50 on uh, January the 11th. It's Wednesday. Please put your questions into this man or any comments, queries, or concerns. We love all, and uh, we'll put it to hater. Um, one thing you did say is... Um, um, children as part of the matter there hater and i know our good friend darren mort barrister author and movie maker says this it's it's always hard when parents weaponize and use their children in a matter like um what what have you found helpful do you coach parents not to do that or when they're separating what what, what's your view um on that because i know it's something that does come up i see it on linkedin i see darren's content and yours absolutely well first off big shout out to darren mort absolute champion please Um, and and, and hero and hero of uh, of children in general. Um, so I have a lot of respect for Darren. And um, yeah, what he says is is right. You know, we've we've got a system here, um, and for better or worse, what it is is you've got um, two parties up against each other, and it's litigation. And um, you know, a nice way of saying litigate, uh, a nice way of saying it is litigation. But there's also other synonyms that I can use to describe litigation. It's a battle. Um, it can be a contest, um, and and normally in these things, there's a winner and a loser. And uh, look, it's it's almost natural to then, as a consequence, um, seek any advantage that is possible in order to advance your cause. Okay, um, in the same way that you know I sought every advantage possible uh, within the legal means when I was competing um, in order to further advance. Um, any fight or uh, to, to produce any strength from my side. And it's the same thing in litigation. You know, lawyers will tell you the same thing. They're there to uh, to obtain the best outcome for their clients, okay? And sometimes as a result of that, um, you can 
lose their overall perspective or lawyers can lose their overall perspective and um, seek to weaponize, you know, potential positions when it comes to children uh, for their benefit. Because really when it comes down to in family law is, um, you know, the ultimate two contentions are who's going to get to the children, who's going to get the children and how long they're going to have them for, and um, how much am I going to receive from the property settlement. And both of those points are linked to how much time each parent will have with the child. So if, it, if it's the case that a, a parent might try and, you know, maybe um, influence a child's views or coax them into a, into a, a certain position, then where they're always pushing our, pushing our clients not to be doing that. And, and also our lawyers are very good at identifying when that is happening. Um, you know, we, I can safely say that every solicitor at our practice it has come to do family law because at some level they're interested in, um, one, assisting people, but two, also being there for the children of, of these broken down relationships and ensuring that they're getting the best possible outcome as well. So there is that empathy there. Um, and if it's the case that we feel like our clients not acting in the best interest of the children, we'll be the first to jump in and inform them of that. No, I think that, that that's I think that's a great point of difference of where your your firm does well there, Hayda. And um, I want to talk about challenges that you faced in your role and how you've overcome them. But um, what's your view on solicitors injecting their own, I guess, um, animosity and things and making things worse? Because I've heard that that can happen. You know that um, they're, they're fueling the fire, as it were, pouring yeah. petrol onto it. How do you how do you deal with that? Oh, look, it happens all the time. It happens all the time, and and and. And more, more to that, I would say, is everybody that, that there's a lot of people that complain about it happening, but they're also doing it themselves. So, you know, <laughs> it, it sometimes, it, sometimes it's, look, sometimes it's hard to identify it. Sometimes it's hard to, to say, oh, you know, this is, this is pushing an argument and this is adding fuel to the fire. You know, so it, it, sometimes it's beholden to the, to the reader themselves as to how they're interpreting it. Right. And sometimes it's really outright obvious and out there. So, um, look, it happens. Uh, it definitely happens. I don't think it just is limited to family law. I think it happens across the profession. Um, I think it, it can happen across any practice area. And um, look, I think it's something that happens. I think it's something that's always going to continue to happen. And it's part of the practice, you know, and it's part of the profession. Um, and some people use it to, you know, maybe get under some people's skin. Some people use it maybe to, um, you know, uh, to, to really add fire to the matter so that the matter continues and they can drive fees and, you know, no one will be able to differentiate between the difference, unfortunately. And, um, you know, it, it, you, you have to be sure that the lawyer that you're going with isn't somebody that's interest, self-interested in trying to um, just, you know, really ring out the, the fees in a certain matter and is interested in resolving the matter quickly and, and in a financially uh, sensible way. Um, so, you know, you've got to be careful when it comes to those things, definitely. No, very well well said there, Hayda. Um, any major challenges that come to mind and how you've overcome them that you'd like to share with everyone? Oh, look, like I said, it's something that probably happens on a weekly basis. Um, and it's, I think, I think from, from what we do here and I think um, what I instruct all the solicitors to do is if, if somebody's acting in such a way, call them out on it. You know, and, I, and that's my message to all lawyers. Just call them out straight away and you'll be surprised 
normally the reaction is, oh, no, so no, that's not what I mean. <laughs> oh, no, you know, and so as soon as you call them out, as soon as you call out people on something, um, then the whole conversation can shift, you know, and you might be able to progress something as opposed to just sniping at each other. Um, yes. So I, th- that's the technique that I use. I always call somebody out. So if somebody's talking to me in a certain way that I'm not happy with, or if somebody's writing to me in a certain way, then I will straight away just say, look, you know, don't talk to me that way or I, I, I don't want to be spoken to like that or anything of that nature or, look, don't get personal on me. I'm just representing my client's interests. So I use that number of those lines where um, it just kind of startles people and they say, oh, no, that's not how I meant it, that, that, you know, and everyone will kind of normally just retract and say, oh, look, let's try and figure it out now. So generally that's what that's the techniques that I use um, and, you know, 90% of the time it's, it, it, it actually is quite um, effective. Oh, my goodness. I guess rounding it up, call them out is the, the yeah. message to walk just away Call, call them out. Uh, yeah. Don't, don't, don't go back and forth and don't do anything like that. And um, quite often your client will say, well, we've got, to, we've got to fight back. We've got to throw venom back at them. And I feel like I'm copying all the hits and, you know, it's just poisonous, poison that's coming to me. And how come we're not doing the same? And let's throw some napalm and grenades over the other side. Um, so quite often, you know, your client might be doing that. But like I said, we're not just here as a, as a complete mouthpiece. We're here as advisors, counsellors, guidance um, to, to our clients. We've got a responsibility to them. And that right. is um, not just to listen blindly to what they're saying because if they wanted to do that, um, you know, then they could hire somebody else. They could represent themselves. You are not a post-box lawyer. And um, I know you follow this great man. The Dalai Lama once said anger is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to get sick. Something that we can all think of on that one. Oh, mm. very good, very good. You like that? A bit deep, a bit deep for a law live. But let's 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 get on to lessons for young young lawyers and athletes wanting to take their game, their practice, their career to the next level. What's some gems you can dispense that which you've already done? What's some things you you'd like to say to them? Ah, oh, look, I think um, for for anyone in the younger generation, um, and and I hope I'm also part of the younger generation as well. You are. Um, Only you know, <laughs> I think, um, look, you, you can, you can, we live in a fantastic country. Okay. Um, I live in a fantastic city, Sydney. The best city. And, um, yeah. city. <laughs> and um, I think the reason I say that is not just because we have wonderful beaches and, and, and uh, generally a good climate, but because, um, we're in a city that allows you uh, and, and has the growth, has the ability for you to grow um, and has the opportunities available. And um, the advice that I received when I first started my practice is something that I always remember and it's something that I'll pass on to the generations that come and that is um, if you do good work, then the opportunities will always be there for you, okay? So as long as you're practising well, as long as you're practising ethically, as long as you're, you're you know you're, you're working hard and putting in the effort um, then the path will come for you okay um, and your path will open up and just become broader and broader and your opportunities will be there so um, I know it sounds super basic but really that's what it comes down to there's no cheap tricks there's no oh yeah, yeah. if you wake up at 6 45 a.m and do yoga for three minutes and then go back to sleep and have a cold shower whatever it is then your life's going to be amazing no it's not about those cheap tricks um, it comes down to the daily working hard, practicing ethically, and then your path will open up. And I'll tell you this, um, there is a huge 
huge need uh, right now for lawyers across every practice area. Okay, and um, yes, there's a huge need for lawyers. There's a huge demand for lawyers. Uh, but more than that is there is a huge demand for experienced lawyers. Okay? Yes. So those lawyers that stay in the profession, um, that, that manage to get a few years under the belt, you are going to be highly sought after, okay? So to all those people out there that, you know, maybe just started their law career or just started studying law or um, maybe in their first or second year of practice and they're, they're finding it maybe a bit difficult, um, what I'll say is um, if you stick to it, you will definitely reap the benefits. But if you're jumping here and there, it might be a little bit difficult for you. Uh, some cogent insights and wisdom there as ever, Hayda. And it's coming towards the end of our official chat, Monami. So I'd love to ask you this. It's quite um, very introspective. When all is said and done and Hayda Shikara leaves this world, how would you like to be remembered? Uh, how would I like to be remembered? Um, I would like to be remembered as somebody that leads by example. Um you know, so whether that is in the office, whether it is um, in the family home, whether it is out in the community, um, I will not try and get anybody to do something that I won't be doing myself. You know, I'm not asking anyone to come into the office unless I'm there and I'm there first. Okay. And the same way, I'm not asking anyone to stay back and commit and, and do amazing hours unless I'm there by their side. So um, for me, it's always important to lead by example. Um, and uh, if you do, then you know, your team will follow and be uh, a lot more uh, appreciative as opposed to having somebody that you know, dictates comments down. I'd rather be on the team level, at the forefront, in the trenches with them. And that's how I'd like to be remembered. No, and you definitely are leading by example. You're a true gem. Honored to have you as a friend and um, have you on this stream there, my friend. Um, Thank you so much, Pleasure. Where can people find you? Where are you hanging out most? Oh, you can find me um, on Castle Ray Street. I found a new coffee shop that I love, Dixon and Sons, Cullen. It's on Castle Ray Street. <laughs> Not Dixon and Haymarket. Dixon and <laughs> Sons. Dixon and Sons on Castle Ray Street or Macchiato on Liverpool Street. That's where I am. Um, I'm just around. I'm always in the city CBD. So if anyone listening is keen to catch up for a coffee, um, I would love to, you know, just meet you, talk. Let's have an interchange of ideas. Let's see if there's any kind of symbiotic relationship that we can strike up. And, um, yeah, let, let's see how we go. But it's been great. Thank you so much, Cullen. I love what you're doing with Law Live. I love what you're doing with Legal Home Loans. Absolute best guys in the market. And um, if you're not dealing with them, if you're not in touch with them, then, You've been living under a rock. Uh, these guys are the absolute best. So um, always love working with you guys and your team. Appreciate the shout out. The $50 will be transferred into your account after this, mon ami. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. We'll bring you back for some bonus questions there, Hater. But thank you so much for joining, mon ami. Awesome. Thanks, Colin. And if you'd like to listen to more, please be sure to keep an eye out on the audio version coming out on Apple and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. We come out Wednesday, every Wednesday, and um, hope all is well. Thank you for tuning in, everyone.